Hey agents, welcome back to Cash Call, the only podcast where you get real coaching on actual real estate calls and conversations by agents and ISAs just like you. Today, your hosts, Dale Archdeacon of Smart Inside Sales and Brian Curtis of Creative Coaching review your calls, what went well, what areas need work, and discuss strategies for improving your conversion rates. For a second, welcome everybody to Cash Call, and uh, myself, Brian Curtis, and Dale Archdeacon will be here today to be your hosts, and we have a couple of great calls that we're going to listen to, hopefully be able to provide you guys some feedback for stuff that you can use in your business. And uh, yeah, damn thoughts. Oh, you're going to leave me again. Okay. So I'm just going to keep uh, pretending that I'm just going <laughs> to anyway. So, um, but yeah, I think uh, I appreciate everybody being here today. And I think that, you know, we'll have some, some good feedback for you. I've got a call that uh, I think on its surface appears to be an absolute great call. And I think that hopefully we'll be able to take a look at that and see some of the things that potentially we could do just a little bit differently. And um, one of the things that I'm going to suggest to everybody is that they really focus on what a good call is. I think all too often we get caught up in, oh, I got an appointment, therefore it's a good call. And I think that's a portion of a good call, but I also believe that there's there's a lot of other important information and process that we need to go through so that uh, we don't end up working twice as hard when we get to that appointment uh, just because we set an appointment. So, and I'm sure Dale agrees with that. Sorry about that. I forgot I was muted. Just no you, kids, listen, man, four more days and they go back to school. God damn it. I forget East Coast, they all go in, go after Labor Day, don't they? Yeah, well, not everybody, but our kids' school does, so they don't start until Wednesday of next week. And, of course, camp ends, like, two weeks ago, right? So they're just like, oh, camp's over, bye, take care of your kids for the next two weeks with nothing yes. to do. Okay, great idea. Yeah, no, I, I remember that. So, you know, it's funny, I grew up on the East Coast like yourself, and we always went to school the day after Labor Day. That's when it went. And uh, when I moved to the South, I'm like, what's this going to school on August 10th thing? I don't understand. But uh, yeah, it's a completely, it's definitely different from, from area to area. But anyway, we could talk about that for hours. Let's uh, let's get some of these calls queued up. If you want, I'll go first. And Yeah, and why don't you do that? And I just want to give my testimony to what you said. You know, early on in, in my like sort of training career, when I was like, you know, building and running inside sales departments, I would be like, hey, listen, as long as you got the appointment, I don't care how, what happened, right? Uh, as, long as, as long as the outcome was great. And I discovered what, what you did when what you were talking about also is that, well, no, actually, if just winning the appointment can really hide a lot of errors that caused you to not get a lot of other appointments, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, whatever these being able to correct and identify these things, even if the outcome was good to continue working on the pieces, because although it may not have cost you the appointment this time, I guarantee it's cost you other appointments. Well, and I also add this, you know, Dale, you've been doing this for a while and, and so have I. It was different when I when I set an appointment in 2005, I didn't worry that they were talking to 10 other realtors because there was no Zillow, there was no realtor.com. Nobody had a website, a true IDX website. I don't like think we they were talking today. to 10 other realtors. That's the point. They were they, my, right that, it, because of that. It was like one other realtor, maybe. Well, and you also didn't have to worry about this. I, I come home after showing property, my client goes home, goes back on Zillow and contacts three other agents. 
I didn't, that didn't exist. And right. so I think a lot of us, you know, like, oh, well, I did this for years and years and years and it worked and it did. And you didn't have to be as good. You had to be better at other things. And so it's not like the realtors back in 05, 06, 07 were worse. It's just, they were focusing on different things because we had different things to worry about. As we move into this digital age that we've been in for a while, you've got to understand that there's a different set of rules that apply now. And if you're playing for, with the same rules that you played with 10 years ago, you're going to lose. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, let's listen to one of these calls. Here we go. Hi, how are you? I'm great. Thank you for asking. <laughs> I understand you're interested in uh, Muriel Court in Simpson. Sound gets better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that a property that you'd like to to see? And remember, I had sent an inquest of uh, long. I mean, like a couple of weeks back, and I can't exactly remember like what was the particulars of that property. So this is something that Dale and I talk about a lot is getting focused on the wrong thing. And this yeah. person is focused on finding information. I don't even know what the address was. I couldn't quite hear. Um, the, the recording's not perfect. But they were very focused on getting this information to this person. Remember, we want people to believe that we're working and we do want to get the information. I'm not trying to say lie. But in the meantime, while we were gathering information, if you happen to be in front of a computer and Dale and I have talked about this, you should be able to do these calls not in front of a computer. But as you're not in front of a computer or you are, you should be able to multitask for lack of a better way to put it and ask questions so that person is just not sitting there in limbo with uncertainty. So, yeah. So, you know, let me add to that, man. Like, what uh, is this an agent on your team or an ISA or what's the this is a agent on another team um not mine that you're coaching I assume yeah okay got it so yes yeah, she needs to be taught the how to do it without the info because right now she's posing as info desk and I understand the perspective so everybody listening listen we want to be right we want to be validated we want to uh know that what we're doing makes sense and that we're doing the right thing. And so she's stuck because she doesn't know how to carry on a conversation in the absence of being able to tell this guy what the hell she's calling about because he doesn't know what she's calling about. He said, I don't remember what property. So she just needs to unhook her emotions from being right and giving him the right answer to, are you already willing and able buyer or seller? That's her purpose. Absolutely. And some interesting things happen with this. And I think there's some things that we can key on and there and they're minor mistakes, but those minor mistakes can cost you a transaction. So yeah, we'll, we'll go through. Give me a moment. I'll see if I can pull it up. Okay. So right there, that you there's said, nothing wrong with that script. Give me a moment. I can see if I can pull that up. Just follow that script up while I'm looking this up or while I'm doing this or whatever. Tell me a little bit about your home search. Just ask some kind of question to get them talking about real estate so that you're starting the discovery and they're not sitting there in limbo. You saw it a couple weeks ago? Yeah. Maybe like a week ago, so I can't exactly remember the particulars. Hmm. And, and you can see the frustration, right? As we're sitting here... There's a real good possibility if I'm on the other end of this line, I'm going, hey, Susie, I appreciate this, but it doesn't seem like you're the person to get this information from me. I'm going to hang up now. Correct. Right. Yeah, I can't believe how long this guy's hanging out. 
should have marked where the, where it was. Not I think it makes currently it, active. There we go. Uh, let me see. Oh, God. Yeah, it looks like the listing was canceled. Oh, God. Uh, so I'll let you talk because I've already kind of proliferated about that. But what what's wrong with what just happened? Oh, my God. Uh, is basically, it's like, hi, I'm a complete stranger. And I'm pretty sure I can't really give you great information. And I'm going to waste your time. Oh, looks like I can't give you what you want. Hey, let's have a sales conversation. That's not going to work, right? Or it doesn't work often. Will it work? It does. It happens. It does. Will, they will stay. And I don't, I'm judging by the length of this. It looks like he stayed around and had a conversation. Yes. But very likely that people just, they, they close off at that point. Like, because most of them aren't trying to talk to a salesperson. They're trying to get information about a property, right? And we have to create a conversation with a salesperson where people aren't usually looking for that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I actually talked to the, the person who, who runs this team and I said, you know, here's my concept. You can be a CSR, customer, search, customer service relationship person. That's, and, that's, and there's lots of good jobs out there for that. And it pays somewhere between 12 and 20 bucks an hour. Or you can be a salesperson and you can make six figures. And, and that's, that's the difference right now. This person is playing CSR. Yeah. And again, that's a legitimate job, but it doesn't pay very well. So, right. um, you know, that's, that's how I look. What's that? That's an hourly. That's an hourly. Yeah, it's an hourly wage. Okay. <laughs> What's that? I'm saying, what are we talking about then? Which property are we talking about then? This is from Muriel Court. Okay. So, but you're saying that is being canceled. It's no longer available. Yeah, it's no longer available. So, um, is there another property that you want to discuss? So I'm going to go back. If we had been doing discovery during this process, so let's 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 re let's rewire her phone call. Come on, hey, I'm interested in one two because this was a Zillow call, so he called her, if you will. Um, you know, she got on the phone. Hey, I'm interested in one two three Main Street. Perfect. I'm looking up one two three Main Street while I'm looking up. Tell me what you're looking for. Okay, now I know she's he's looking for a three bedroom, two bath, under five hundred in Princeton, New Jersey. Da da da. Bank through all this property, and now when I come back and I can say, hey. I'm Unfortunately, this property isn't available. And I've got another, a couple other properties that might fit your needs. Yep. And that's better than, oh, now I've got to do an entire discovery. And it's, it doesn't seem like the order should matter very much. But I can tell you right now, what I heard him, she was like, uh, it's canceled. And she got lucky, in my opinion, because he said, well, what do we do? Right. Instead of saying, because most people go, it's canceled. Okay, thank you. Click. Right. So... She did get lucky in that way, and but let's listen to a little bit more. This there's, there's a lot of good stuff in this call that I think that we can learn from. So there's a lot of learning lessons here. For you. Oops. That's not a problem. Let me get some information from you, though, so that I make sure that I'm pulling the right things. Um, <clears throat> so tell me what you're looking for in a property. So how do you feel about that question, Dale? It's too open-ended. It's too big of a question. And, you know, if somebody's coming to you saying, Brian, I'm really interested in finding a home that fits me. And you say, hey, great. What are you looking for in a home? That would be appropriate, right? Because what, I don't know, you're, you're, you're eager to talk about this. So you tell me where we start versus somebody where it's like, oh, hey, I can't give you what you want. And now I want to engage you in a conversation. It's much easier to ask a small question, right? How many, so what neighborhoods 
would you like to be in? Or how many bedrooms and bathrooms are you looking for? Not that I particularly like the question, but it's specific at least. So what I'm saying is ask a specific question that's easier to answer. Absolutely. I want to say this, Brian, like one of the worst times, like this is when I was younger in my career. Now I could answer the thing, but back then, I don't know when I was like 20 years old or something, I'm, I go into an interview, I'm like intimidated and they're like, so tell us about yourself. And I'm like, oh, fuck, what do I tell you to win this? Like, that's just too big. What do I do here? Like, what do you want to know? Ask me a question I can answer, right? An right. easy one. Yeah. Uh, what, what's your vision for the world? I, you know, <laughs> I mean, come on now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, quit. I, I had an interview the other day. You kind of know about that. I kind of felt like that's the kind of questions I was getting. Like, give me, give me, give me some framework here. You know, I can answer your question, but you know, my goals for my entire life, that's not a five minute conversation. That's it. Right. You know, <laughs> anyway, um, I put this up and I'll, I'll hit this. This actually is a form that I created to be used in person after, let's say for whatever reason, you weren't able to do discovery on the phone. And then after you're meeting somebody in person, you can kind of just fill out this form after you've shown somebody a house. But as I've been listening to calls and we've been doing role play with my team, I've started to introduce this form to my team as guys, keep this in front of you when you're doing discovery, when you're making phone calls, when you're you know, dealing with Zillow, Realtor.com, whatever, wherever your leads are coming from. Because if you look at it, we got location and here's what you can do. So Great. Obviously, this house isn't for sale anymore. It's not to do that. Let me just ask you a couple quick questions so I can figure out what you want. And then it's not super personable, but you can just go, what area would you like? What's your price range? What? How many bathrooms? How many bedrooms? How many square feet? And it, it's a boring conversation. Don't get me wrong. But it also only takes like 45 seconds. It's not like you're boring them for an hour and a half. And it allows you to just go through and bang these out. And so if you don't have something like this, then, you know, Created. It's not hard, just bedrooms, bathrooms, where you guys know what the discovery, you know, LP Mama was a script that we used to use for that type of thing. But basically, the data, and this is how I look at it. After I hang up a phone call, can I go into the MLS and, and enter the correct data to puke out the houses that I need? If I can't, then I've not done a good enough job. Would you agree with that? Yeah, that's a that's a really good benchmark to give. And then the only one, the one I want to add to that, that you can't enter into the MLS and you, so you can't use that as a benchmark is why, why are you sure. buying? Why are you selling? And I just want to make sure everybody remembers that all of it, Do we have why on here? No. So again, this is not, no, we don't actually. That's what um, I okay. Yeah, this is, and again, I'm looking at everything above this line right here basically everything above this line. What and It's only one part of discovery, guys. I'm not saying it's full discovery, but what I'm saying is you need to be able to plug this. You need the data to plug it in the MLS so that you can say, hey, I got seven houses that meet your criteria. I'm going to email them over to you. Take a look at them. I've got time at two o'clock tomorrow. Do you agree that's a good time to go look at houses? Yes, great. Do that. And then uh, you know, let me know which, which of these you want to see. Some kind of plan moving forward, but I can't have that plan. And the reason I, again, started focusing on this, I was listening to role play calls or other calls. People get off the phone. They don't even know somebody's price range. Well, it's really hard to do a search in the MLS if you don't know the price range. Right. You know, I know they wanted a three-bedroom house in uh, Bentonville, Arkansas. Great. For 100000 or for a million? Because those right. are slightly different homes. So anyway, that's just, if you don't have something like this, create it and use it as in, in, until you get so good that you can do all this off the top of your head, do it. And here's the thing, even if you are that good, here's another thing that happens. And this is why I think this is important. We're talking about bedroom. Let's say I would say, Hey, how many bedrooms? 
options do you want? And a guy, instead of saying three, the guy goes, well, you know, I've got two kids and, you know, one of them's getting ready to go to college and then the other one, uh, this, but I do need a home office so I could do that. And uh, before we know it, we're having a conversation way the heck over here. And I forgot to ask them about what the, about uh, if they wanted a single story or, or a two story because we spent five minutes talking about bedrooms. So I actually like to just have this as a checklist to reference back and go, oh crap, I forgot to ask you. And how do you do that at the end of the call? Hey, Dale, by the way, I did forget to ask you one thing. Did you have a, a square foot minimum or, or a range that you want to look at? Oh yeah, you know, it's between 2000 and 2500, perfect. Okay, per you know, so, and no one's going to be offended by that because right. all you're doing is making sure you're checking all your boxes. And I know that that might seem to some people like, I don't need that. I'm better than that. Well, I've got another form that I fill out when I write an offer, because even though I've written thousands of offers, I've also sometimes forget to ask them if they want to own warranty, or I forget to ask them the closing date or, you know, because why? Because we're talking, they get me over here. I'm being a good salesperson and letting them chat. And I didn't come back to that one question. Don't be afraid to use a checklist. Even if you've closed a thousand transactions, you're going to miss something sometimes. Oh yeah. Always. Always. All right. Let me, let me play the rest of this thing. It looks like we, yeah, we got a couple minutes. So I don't even need to listen to the rest of the call. I remember what happens. Basically she gets, she gets his information, which is a good job. Make sure what's the best way to contact phone number, email. Um, his name didn't come through. So she wanted to know how to spell his name. Those things are important, especially, it, you know, if you have a name like Dale or Brian, you could probably not screw that up. But this guy was um, Indian and there's nothing right or wrong about that. But my guess is that his name might be a little bit more challenging to spell than, than Brian. Brian or Bob or Sue. So right. make sure you spell people's names right. I know that sounds silly, but your name is who you are. It makes by definition, when your drip campaign is going out or when your, right. you know, text message goes out, it makes a difference. Or when you write the contract, you know, and you spell the guy's name wrong or you mispronounce their name. And again, you know, the, the standard average names that everybody knows in our country, but Hey, understand that it's not. And by the way, nothing frustrates me more than people spelling my name with a Y. <laughs> so, you know, and it's just, just a silly thing, but everybody in the South spelled my name with a Y. So every time I went someplace, it was always people, my name is Brian with an I and they would put Brian with a Y. It's frustrating. And can you imagine somebody who gets their name mispronounced and misspelled constantly because they're not originally from this country Absolutely. and how insulting that can be. So anyway, I feel like and, I'm and, ranting. I'm just up. Well, no, I mean, this by the same, <laughs> by the same token, Brian, if you take the, if you make the effort to pronounce it correctly and spell it correctly, it's appreciated. Yeah, I mean, so many other people don't do that, right? Are you an ISA or agent struggling to convert your valuable leads? Or are you a team leader looking for advanced scripting and dialogue training for your team? Smart Inside Sales Conversion University is the industry-leading training program designed to give you the ninja-level scripting and objection handlers used by top teams across the country. Conversion U covers scripting, dialogue, objection handling, and closing skills needed to elevate your business through self-paced video training and live interactive expert coaching. Visit smartinsidesales.com slash conversion you to start today. You know what's funny, man? I really love, I love training. Like I want to, I want to grab that person and be like, come here, what? Listen, can we, uh, here's why and do it this way. And then, yeah. you know, it's like, it just scratches that itch of like fixing errors and like, you're like we're we're fixing things you know like we're we're fi you and i i think are fixers right we, we like to fix we are things. yeah <laughs> my, my wife corrects me and tells me to stop doing it sometimes but yes my wife a... too uh yeah so she's like can you just listen to me complain i'm not trying to get anything fixed right now so we've actually had to have <laughs> an agreement in our marriage 
when she's like, she, she will either lead off now by saying, I don't want advice and then starts complaining about something, right? Or mm -hmm. when she starts complaining, if I can remember to be like, do you want me to just hear this or do you want me to help you with this, right? Because for the longest time, it was I could not physically listen to a problem or a complaint without trying to fix it. Yep. And it drove her bananas because she could never complain about anything without getting a solution or advice, right? And I'm like, right. why? And, and who knew cash call was going to be relationship advice today? But that is <laughs> that is a brilliant piece of advice because over and over and over, understand. And so let's let me bring it back to a second for our clients. Sometimes they want your advice. Sometimes they're just whining. And yeah. so it's a great question. So, you know, Dale, I appreciate that, you know, you're frustrated with this process and this and this and this. Let me ask you, are, are you just expressing it wanting to let me know that so I can know how to move forward? Or would you like some advice or, or um, a process to we could potentially fix it? No, I just I just had to get it off my chest, Brian. Perfect. Good. You know what? Then that let me person, shut up. Yeah, that person who just wants to say that they love you now because their significant other didn't listen to them. So at least you're doing it. And I, I we, we laugh about that, but it's so true, right? How many oh, times do people just want to get this stuff off their chest? They don't feel like there's anyone that's going to listen to them. And I'm not saying turn into a therapist, but listen to somebody for five minutes and they will love you. And now, now you're their, their person. I promise. Anyway, no. I, I rattled a lot. We got seven minutes. I think we No, can. you're good. We're fine. We're fine. We can save, we can save that call for next time. Um, I think this is a good thread to stay on. Okay, um, perfect. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and if you are a unrepentant fixer like I am, uh, and you just can't understand why people complain about things without fixing them, um, then you, you you do need to listen to this message. Not everybody is that way, right? Yeah. So, you know, I have to be artificially reminded that some people just need to vent. You know what I mean? It's not that Absolutely. I don't complain, but frankly, I complain either because I'm asking for somebody for a solution or I'm saying it out loud so I can come up with a solution and work through it, right? But ultimately it ends with a solution because I never end, I never stop at things that aren't working for me, right? And yeah. so I don't understand when other people do. Well, and here's something to add too. So Dale just pointed something out that's very interesting. What I heard Dale say is he's a verbal processor. What does that mean? That means he's he's gonna kind of puke some stuff out, just gonna do it. And, and that helps him figure, you know, critically think for lack of a better way to put it. And I'm the exact opposite. Like I'm not a verbal processor. I'm an internal processor, which can also be frustrating for people around me, by the way, because they don't think I'm doing anything. They're over here telling us all about it. And we're over here just thinking about it. So, but understand who the person is you're talking to. So I think that's very important and you can pay attention. So we're, there is this something that's interesting interesting as you're dealing with clients, people process, generally speaking, visually, auditorily, or kinesthetically. What does that mean? Visual, pretty simple. Auditory, I'm listening or how I feel. Pay attention to those words that they say. When you get someone who is an auditory processor, you know, when they're talking about listening, you know, the keywords like listening and hearing, those are auditory terms for obvious reasons. They're going to be people who are going to want to talk things out. You know, when you get people who like, man, I, I can see myself living here. Okay, that's a visual learner, um, you know, and then so why is that important? I can come back to that person when they say, yeah, you know, I, I can see that. That makes sense. Next time I'm my next question I ask, can you see yourself writing a contract on this house? I'm yeah, just going to use you know. their language back to them. I'm mirroring what they're doing. And, you know, you guys have heard me say this a hundred times. If you watch Cash Call, choose to be the person who's uncomfortable and what I mean by that is you may not talk that way. You might not say see, you might say feel, but for the right person, say see, and they're like, oh, this person gets me. 
they won't think it logically. They won't go, boy, Brian really understands me. They'll just go, I feel understood, which is far better. So, you know, pay attention to those little words. See, feel, hear. They're huge keywords about how to communicate with people. Yeah, it does make a big difference. And, you know, as we talked about, you know, what you opened up with was, hey, just because you got the appointment didn't doesn't mean that you did things well, right? Um, and you can do a lot of those things and screw them up. And, and these are some of those nuances that if you can pay attention to those things, it makes a big difference. That call that we listened to was very uncomfortable. Like it was uncomfortable because the agent didn't really know what they were doing and wasn't proficient at what they were doing. And we just got lucky that this caller had nothing better to do with his time at that moment, right? Because <laughs> if he had anything better to do, he probably wouldn't well, have made in that call. And, and let me say this. We all have good moments and bad moments. So I've got another phone call that I wasn't intending on playing. But I've got another phone call from this same person. Knocked it out of the park. Well, let's hear so, it. Let's I don't have I don't I don't have it. I don't uh, have a queue. I don't have it queued up. I just I yeah, I've got it right. someplace. But my my point is is they 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 were their tone was good, they built great rapport, all this stuff, and they really did a great job. I believe, and I don't know because I haven't actually spoken to them yet, is when they couldn't find the house that the person called about, they they didn't know where to go. And that might be due to a lack of experience, might be due to lack of training, might be, might be. I don't know. We all have bad days. Sometimes we get thrown a curveball that we're not expecting and we're just not on top of our game. But that's why we have a process that we do every single time. And, and you know, it, that's it's boring. Right. You know, you guys know this success is boring. So I have to know how to do this every single time, no matter what crazy thing that person throws in front of me. I don't know if you've ever done this. I've gotten a call on a house. I couldn't even find it. I'm not talking about I couldn't find it on Zillow. I couldn't find it on Realtor.com. I couldn't find it on in the MLS. I'm talking about I couldn't find it. Right. So find the address or like it does as far as I know, it doesn't exist, right? Right. And I'm gonna guess the first time that happened to me, I didn't do very well. I don't I don't have a recording of it, but I'm gonna guess because I had no expectation I wasn't gonna be able to find a house. But today, if I'm like, I'm like, Dale, that house doesn't seem to exist. I'll do a little bit more research on it. With that in mind, what are you looking for? Yeah. Just pivot quickly. And all you're doing is pivoting. And, you know, but in, a, in essence, what happened here is she went, the house is canceled. And she went, I have no idea what to say next. <laughs> I'm lost. <laughs> yeah. So what, what, you know, what I teach uh, to help with that is I try to reprogram salespeople, ISAs and agents, that their primary job is to determine, are you a ready, willing, and able buyer or seller, right? Anytime that you speak to a lead, receive a lead, uh, cold prospect a lead, run into somebody at a barbecue or whatever. Your primary goal first is, are you a ready, willing, and able buyer or seller? You are not the information desk. Absolutely not. Now, do you have to give out a little bit of information? Do you have to look good? Do you have to keep them happy? Sometimes, yes, you do. But your primary goal is not answering their questions about a house as an information desk would. It is to determine, are you a ready, willing, and able buyer or seller? Absolutely. And by the way, that's what they need from you. I know they. I know that it doesn't sound like that's what they need from you, but that's what they need from you. Because if they get information guy to be their realtor, the information guy is not very good at his job. I'm not saying that you can't be both, by the way. Information guy typically isn't a great salesperson. Exactly. They're not going to know how to negotiate. They're not going to know. There's a lot of things that that person doesn't know. It's just a different yeah. personality type, you know? They need to be persuasive. They need to be, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, not aggressive, but 
they need to be one of those people who keeps doing it even though they get no right absolutely Persistent. they need to be a per they need to be a person who's willing to push back on their own client one of the things that i know you know the last house that i listed i got 19 offers on and five of them were decent and i mean that i'm not you know so why did the other 14 suck well because because my guess is the wrong person was in charge. And here's what I mean by that. If I say to you, Dale, the house is listed for $250,000. What would you like to write an offer on? And the market is multiple offers and you know, the highest and best by today at, at one o'clock or let's say today at five o'clock and they say 240 on a $250,000 house and you go, okay, you have failed. You right. and not failed yourself, and well, that's included, but you failed that client because you failed to educate them on the fact that it's not worth the paper it's written on to write it to. Now, that doesn't mean that you should push them outside of their comfort zone and you know, trying to get them to write an offer that they can't afford. That's not what I'm saying, but it is your job to push back on that person and say, Dale, I appreciate that. And if that's the offer you'd like to write, I will write it. Let me explain to you, I feel extremely confident what's gonna happen and then go through and say, you're just gonna get rejected. There's gonna be at least 10 offers that are higher. You know, We can go through all this. If you don't have the guts or the, the courage or whatever the word is, to explain the truth to your client, you're not doing them a service. Right. And this person says, okay, to the worthless offer. Yep. You know, that's why, you know, it's funny because we talk about, uh, you know, some of these companies like Redfin, I'm going to guess that I, I would crush a Redfin agent because why they're order takers. There's, I'm not sure. I'm sure there's some of them are good. I don't want to sit here and talk bad about a company, but those companies that are just paying people to open doors and, you know, they're not, they're not motivated to work on commission. Are it, the kind of people who it makes financial sense to accept money to simply open doors when yeah. they could learn these skills and make 20 times that. Absolutely. So I think that's an amazing note to end on Dale. I think we're past, we're past our time and we are. Yeah. Learn these skills and make lots more money. I love it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right. Great seeing everybody. Thanks for joining us, Brian. We'll see you next week. We'll have a special guest next week, everybody, to be announced. We'll uh, let everybody know. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in for today's Cash Call replay. Want your call to be reviewed by Dale and Brian on a future episode of Cash Call? Click on the link in the show notes to submit your call. We can't wait to support you.